This is Women in STEM Career and Confidence, the podcast for scientific and professional women who want to restore confidence, make meaningful impact, and balance the things and people that mean most to them. I'm Dr. Hannah Roberts, and I'll be sharing with you insights and inspiration into the mindset and skill set to help you navigate your career and lead powerfully. It's recorded live and outdoors. So anything could happen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Women in STEM Career and Confidence. <coughs> and this is show number 100, which I can't believe because I started this very, very early in January. And I, I'm just absolutely blown away that I have managed to create 100 episodes so far. <coughs> Apologies for my throat. I don't know why it just started doing that. So... As I said, um, I have talked about purpose before in the past as being one of, oh, good morning, Rachel, as being one of the key components of your value, your vision, purpose, mission, natural talents and values. And purpose is one of those really critical pieces of the puzzle. Now, when we talked about purpose in the past, um, this is the big why behind the why behind what you do. So why it's so important to you. There's often an emotional flavor to it as well. And when you look at the timeline of um, pivotal career choices that you made and decisions that you made, if you look at the purpose behind why you were doing what you were doing at that time, you might start to get to grips with what was the driver for you. And the thing about purpose is that it doesn't actually stay the same. So over time, a little bit like a a bullseye, if it's the first time you've worked on your purpose, you might be right on the edge of that bullseye. But as you start to express that purpose and you learn more and more about what that means and um, you experience it in different ways, you then move closer in on that bullseye. The idea is over time that you're moving through sort of different iterations of your purpose until you reach the point in the middle with that some um, people like to call the bliss point. I think Joseph Campbell wrote about bliss. He has an absolutely beautiful quote. I can't remember it word for word. If I do, I will type it in in the comments below. So I'll tell you a little story about what happened to me last week because I think it's really pertinent to this, um, this these purpose iterations. I feel like I've been through quite a few iterations But last week was like a new um, expression, a re-expression even of that purpose to fine tune it even further. So some of you might have been reading my coffee and notes this morning already at (laughs) 6am. If you like to get up that early, I I was out swimming. So, um, So yeah, so I do get up that early. But I wrote in there that when I was little, I was very much... um, like a very self-expressed um, little girl. So I was always like wanting to be the star of the show and doing the dancing and doing the acting and all this other kind of stuff. And um, and I used to do a lot of ballet, tap, modern dancing as well. So I was always kind of on the stage, even from the age of maybe four years old, I would be spending all Saturdays doing that on top of all the swimming, of course. And um, And... I got picked, I think I must have been five or six. I remember still being very young juniors at primary school. And there were four of us that were picked for the school play to do the leading roles. There was two boys and two girls. Um, One was a king and a queen and one was a prince and a princess. And I was the white princess. I had 
absolutely white hair, this white fringe that went like this. I just wish I had a picture of this. And I remember really distinctly stood there and overhearing, like not really knowing what I was supposed to be doing or the lines I was supposed to be saying. And I heard, overheard some teachers saying, oh, I thought she was going to be good at this um, because she does dancing. And that really left me feeling like I'm not, I'm actually not good enough to do this. The following year that came round, um, I was cast as the flappy bird. <laughs> so um, if you can imagine lots of pieces, pieces of paper kind of curled up, all stuck to my body. Um, and I had wings and all sorts. And all I had to do for 90 seconds was run on the stage, run around a nest of um, eggs, flap my wings and run off again. <laughs> It was the most shameful moment, I think, of my, um, really, it was a shameful moment for me. I was totally embarrassed that I'd gone from this leading lady to the mute flappy bird. Like, oh, she was so bad last year that this is what we're going to give her this year. This is where she really should be. The issue is that when we have these moments when we're children, we take them on with us. We don't sort of, we don't know how to deal with it. We don't know how to handle it. And those things that we the connections we make in our brain like I'm not good enough or I can be on stage but I can't speak on stage they they stay with us and I continued to dance and be on stage till the age of 16 but I wouldn't I didn't do the speaking part so I would do the singing I would do singing in a chorus I would be on stage solo dancing but I would not speak and I even had a few incidents after that at university where um, I had professors that would like tear you apart when you're doing your presentations. It just all compounding to sort of compounded together with me avoiding doing any of that for as long as I possibly could. It was only really when I started doing um, personal development that I managed to overcome this fear. And before the pandemic was the first time I really stepped into that. But I hadn't fully dealt with... Um, the other part, the flappy bird part. And last week when I was doing my speaker training for one of many, I um, I really felt like I got to grips with that. I often talk to people about natural talents as well in that value that we bring. And when and I'm trained as a talent dynamics profiler because when I was a scientific project manager, um, I answered the questions as if I was in that role and I came out as a trader profile, which is perfect for a project manager. But when I looked at it, I thought, oh, it's nothing like me. I'm over here. I'm the star profile. I could immediately point to it. But the person doing the debrief said to me, I don't, I don't really see that in you. And that left me questioning, well, if that's not me, then who am I? And over time, I kind of claim the space of the creator. But I often say to people when I'm doing debriefs, I'm somewhere between the creator and the star. If I could put a needle between the two, I would probably sit there. But what last week actually showed me was that it's not that I can't be the star. It's that I was holding on to all the other stuff from before. And that was preventing me from really claiming that space. I sort of disowned a little bit of it. And you can, you can reclaim those things and that means that now when I express my purpose, it's going to come more from the star profile. So you'll probably see more of me doing bigger workshops, launches, speaker events, books, all this kind of stuff to aid the coaching that I do. So you might see me step up, step into the light a little bit more. And that's just me re-expressing my purpose on a new level. Anyway, I thought I would share that with you this morning. I'm still on quite a high from last week. 
and um, I hope that's helpful for you out there. Let me know in the comments below what's coming up for you and I will see you all next week. Have a good Friday. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Women in STEM Career and Confidence. To get further support in your journey, join me in Breakthrough Unleashed on Facebook.